We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, got producer and co-founder Brian Goins on the eve of our 10-year anniversary. That's tomorrow. Celebrate with us live on Hangover Time. 10 years of Miami Heat beat toward George Sedano the other day. We've been bugging you for 10 years, and he goes too damn long, longer than some of my kids. Brian, how are you this <laughs> wonderful Monday evening? I'm doing extremely well. Miami is up 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals. One win away from their NBA Finals appearance in three seasons, um, the second in the Jimmy Butler era. And what better way to celebrate that monumental moment than to have the one guy who we've been super big on. Heat, Heat fans grew to love you because of us, I think. And now you're back on with us for a third appearance, Solomon Hill. Solomon, Man, thank welcome. You for me. Thank you. Thank you. Lifer. Program. Lifer. Do you Appreciate. realize how much Heat fans love you? You know what? It's uh, after being on the Heat and understanding, you know, you, you kind of see culture uh, from an out of body experience. You just see people talk about it and, you know, you don't really get to understand it. But once you're in it, and you kind of get to understand, you know, the foundation and being in that situation, you have a deep appreciation for. Uh, the fans of Miami Heat. So, you know, it's a lot different. It's a <clears throat> different landscape out there for different fan bases, but the Miami Heat is one that is uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty deft. It has a a lot of characters to it, and it's a it's beautiful. And you get to see the in full force at this moment, especially on Twitter. I think uh, we have to put it into context because your obviously your time to Heat was only what half a season long since mm-hmm. you got traded around the trade deadline along with Vicky and um, and Jay Crowder. Um, so I think if I had to like rank it in terms of like how quickly of an impact you are in, to, in terms of becoming like a favorite in the Heat fan base community, it's like you probably won and number two is Benno Udry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and Benno. I don't know yeah, if you know the Benno Udry story or not. No, I don't. Not how he became a Heat legend. 
Um, the story goes that he was basically like, I think he was, I don't forget what the trade was exactly how Miami got him, or maybe he had signed as a vet minimum deal. And around the trade deadline, Miami was trying to find ways to get under the luxury tax as they usually do. And he took less money in his like buyout or his wave um, to basically help Mickey Harrison get under the luxury tax. And they brought him back the next season on a training camp deal and basically paid him more than I think he could have made um, on a vet minimum. So he basically like, they kind of reimbursed him that way. So yeah. it's between you and Beno Udry in terms of like quickest fan, like fans, uh, fan base to like gravitate towards a player. Man, it's, it's, it's really, you know, I'd say, uh, I think the driving force behind uh, me staying in that kind of uh, mode with Miami Heat is, is really about Coach Spoke. Uh His ability to think the game. I think that was a beautiful part about the game that I appreciate the most is, is the, not only the competitiveness, but the mental aspect of it, of you know, the X knows, you know, every little detail that goes into not just playing the game, but, but executing the game. And so, um, that appreciation of, you know, watching him now, you know, these aren't, these aren't, it's not a situation that he just kind of thought about today or yesterday before the playoffs. Like this is something that he's been working on and the whole Miami Heat front, front office has been for the past few years, you know, so you know, a lot of people are looking at Gabe, uh, you look at every other team, you look at the play of Gabe Vincent, Spo knew what he was doing, you know, put him in a situation where you get some culture, he trusts you, and then you go out there and you can play that type of basketball. And so I think that I have a deep appreciation for his ability to get the most out of players and to trust players. Some some coaches look at you and they don't trust you, you know. Uh, but he he knows that the guys are putting in the work. You put in the work, and he's going to put you in the opportunity to prove yourself. Baby. You look at the team. The team is full of dogs that appreciate the ability to go and play basketball, high level basketball, and to be ready. Everybody's ready. So there's a deep appreciation as a fan and as a player to having your guys ready, having them comfortable and confident, and uh, kind of desperate for the moment. Sure. So I'm gonna, let's let's talk about that a little bit because they asked uh, they asked Caleb Barnes and Gabe Vincent this kind of following the game how like Spo like they asked how, how do you feel like empowered by Spo and they kind of talked that length about you know kind of the freedom to take the shots that you have a freedom to miss shots and you know uh, just credit how prepared he is I know that uh, Zach Lowe talked about a certain action where like they're loading up on the on the weak side of the ball they have like four Heat players while Jimmy's running you know like isolating Derek White mm -hmm. and, and Boston was kind of ready for that action uh, for for game three, and what the Heat would do is just like had a they had a pre adjustment where like Bam would kind of cut through the middle of the floor, taking those defenders out, and just kind of how I don't know, man. Spoh's been incredible, so I, I hate to give you a talk about question, but like, can you can you give us a little insight of to like his preparedness and kind of his process in general for these series because he has been as good as I can remember in this playoff run. And just, I mean, he, he deserves all the flowers. Well, you know, he, 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 the fact that he's in a situation where people say he deserves flowers, I think he, he loves that more. He relishes in that, that more than he doesn't want the flowers. He doesn't care anything about the flowers. He wants to just do his job at a standard that echoes through his team. You know, he wants to be able to show up every day. He wants to be able to be at work before anybody the last one to leave, you know, he's not just thinking about that game. He has probably six or seven plans um, of hypotheticals if they were to take something away, if something goes. But he, 
he respects his job. He respects his craft. It's a reason why he has the relationship and the opportunity he does um, in Miami. And when you have the respect for your craft as he does, you know, that's when you talk about coaching. You know, you talk about now you're asking your players to have the same type of preparedness that you have. And it just, you know, uh, that ripples down to everybody and it becomes culture. You know, you, you, you kind of have to abide by how he does things because he's going to show you that he can do it. And he'll take players that he believes in and put them in a situation to be successful. Uh, and, you know, I, it's, it's beautiful. Honestly, it's, it's what guys, you kind of, kind of that accountability that you need is that, you know, you want to have that confidence that your coach is going to show up for you. And he does that. And, and it lets the guys go out there and be confident in the way they play. Who's a bigger psychopath, Jimmy or Spo? Spo. Spo's sure. crazy. No, I'm glad that you said that. Spo, yeah. Spo's insane. Because it's just, it's different. It's different where it's, like, they have this beautiful relationship, you know, that, that can't be explained by anybody outside of them two. Um, because they both have these edges and, and, and these thought processes that make them who they are. Uh, and coming together has been, has been successful in a sense, maybe, you know, but not by Spo or Jimmy's turn. You know, their success is, is winning it all. So, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here watching the fruits of their labors and able to watch beautiful basketball at the same time. It's, you know, it's funny because, like, throughout this playoff run, Jimmy's obviously been on a heater of heaters with ultimate troll moves, the timeout, pointing to Al Horford, <laughs> the pointing at Drew Holiday, like, on your head as he scores over him. The whole Grant oh, Williams Carter. situation, and it's really Spo <clears throat> that is like they're in they're in the they're in a battle in the play, and Spo's like, yeah, I love it. This is what I live for. And I was like, you're such a sicko, man. Like, what are you talking about? As a fan, <laughs> as a fan, and as someone who's covers the deal, look, I'm stressed out. Spo's like, nah, I live for this. And you're just <laughs> like, they're just they and, and Salma, you know better than anybody. They always say we're not for everybody. And there are so many players that have either played here or wanted to play here. And I mean, Jared Dudley is very famous for saying, yeah, I was, I wanted to play for them and I learned more about it. And he's like, no, that's not for me. And that's, that's cool. But like, they're just, they're built for different kinds of people. No, for sure. Um, I think, you know, even for looking at my own self, um, I think I'm, I'm like too happy in a sense, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to be, um, a part of that the, the, that that needle and that thread, and and it's it's understandable. I, the type of player I am and the person I am, I can sit there and look at it and be like, yeah, I understand. I understand completely. You know, uh, granted, it may have been different coming out of college, and then you kind of get that straight away. You kind of get that no nonsense from the jump. Not saying uh, Indiana did that or um, any other places, but it's it's different of having that same accountability or coach. Like this is let's just separate that from any other franchise that you look at is that you have a coach that can be there when you start and be there when you leave or uh, and that's another comfortability thing. You know, you don't go to college. I didn't go to college and have a different coach. I didn't have a different coach in high school. And so even my AAU I had the same coach for a long time. So that does make a difference. Um, but it's 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 really nice. It's it's really nice because you have guys like Gabe that's who uh, I had a chance to compete with and be around. And... Did you guys play on? I don't. Was Gabe on the team when you were on the team? Mm -hmm. He was. Yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. in the, he was in the bubble. Yeah, yeah he was there. Mm -hmm. 
And just play, like it was every day, you know, we're playing. We're playing pickup, you know, we're doing it. We're, we have to. And to see them keep empowering him and putting him in positions to be successful. Um, you know, you look at last year's playoffs and, and being like, hey, we trust you. And even looking at the Kyle Lowry situation, Kyle Lowry being able to get up and cheer for, for Gabe as he puts on his career high and a much-needed game three. And so that's the beautiful part about it, is getting guys to buy in because, you know, um, Spo has – Spo has – he'll put you in a position. You know, he'll definitely put you in a position. So, like, can you talk about, like, like having it like the organization has like holds players to an accountability. Can you like give an example of that? Cause I've heard a lot of guys like Bam has talked about that a lot. Gabe went mm-hmm. on TNT the other day and, and yesterday and he said that like, what does that mean when they're, when you, when people say the organization holds us accountable, like, cause a lot well, of players say that. And I don't think maybe fans or other people understand what that means completely. And then to also fall on what G's asking is I've done a story before in the past about like the, how the heat basically had that mandate for you have to be in world-class shape and they have the body mm-hmm. fat test and all that. So I'm sure all that's also part of it too. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, I'll say like, it's the best friend you wish you had, you know, not the friend that you've known since you were kids and you kind of let each other slide with things. And, you know, over the course of 20 years, 30 years, you're be- you know, you've done your best friend a disservice. You know, you let him, you let them slip a couple of times or make some silly mistakes that you knew you should have spoke up on, but you didn't want to because you, you thought the relationship would be sour. As opposed to that, that one person that keeps you in check and holds you accountable. When you say you want to do something, they're there, you know, on time, every time, you know, no slippage. And that's what it is. It's, it's to be a professional. Um, as stated, the most professional, um, hardest working, and your baseline is a lot different there than anywhere else. And so, uh, you're gonna learn how to be a professional. You're gonna learn how to work. You're, you're gonna always be ready. I mean, it's crazy just looking at Duncan and sitting there and being like, whenever Duncan gets some minutes, regardless, he's gonna be ready. He's never gonna be tired always. or being like, oh, I'm not ready. All those guys, everybody from, and he's for Spo, he looks at it like, okay, you know. I don't have to work when I choose this person for even for this moment, whether it's 20 seconds or if I need you for a full half or to start and play 48. He feels confident knowing that 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 person is in heat shape to his standards, that when he puts them in, he doesn't have to worry about trying to get them up to speed or you're ready to play right now. It's almost like it's 2K. Like it's just getting these guys ready to all be ready. And so there is a standard. Um, that I want to say that's probably been adopted by some teams in a sense. There's some teams that say that they want to do it, but they can't. But Miami's just like, we're going to, we're going to hold you accountable and you're going to hold us accountable. So it's going to be a working relationship. And Pat's like, this is what I know. And this is what, this is how it goes. And there's no slippage. And so when you do something like that, and you have the coach and you have a lot of guys in the front office that can kind of be like, this is what it is. Everybody knows exactly what it is. Well, dude, that so was, that- Dude, that, that was like you, you know, in your playoff run because in reality, like you were not like a big minute player kind of leading up. And then obviously like a lot of injuries happen and all, you know, Solomon Hill is guarding Anthony Davis on a switch. And we're just like, how did, where, how did we end up here? And that was a work. I'm not going to lie. That was, I felt so bad for you. Dude. For those, for those years. minutes. But the, the crazy part about it is, you know, you understand that you understand why you do it. I want to say spoke came to me and asked me just to play. And it's like, Hey, I got like maybe six minutes. Like I, really, I just need six minutes from it. Um, like I just got a real rotation and I need six minutes. 
Like, yeah, like, of course. And so he's like, okay, I'm gonna have you do some extra stuff. Like, you get you some extra work. Cool. And I had a chance to like fall in love with the process. Of, I was getting real work. Like, I was really, I was out. Like, coach had me out there, not not spoke, but it's it was cool to really just be like, we're getting good hard work. Like, this is the work that's gonna allow you to play and be comfortable and not be out there gasping for air or feeling like your legs are wiggly. This is that my legs are wiggly work right now. And, you know, now I feel better the next day when we hooping, playing, you know, one-on-one or three-on-three. That prepared me to be ready for whatever amount of time. Because I always thought, I think some of the hardest things for athletes is to understand winning a championship is one of the most mentally challenging and physical things that you have to do because it may not be in the way that you wanted to win a championship. There's only like maybe a, like a handful of guys in history that have won championships in ways that they wanted to win. Everybody else, like that dream was, oh, you're going to be the best player on the team and win it. It's like, no. If this is the way to win a championship, if coach comes to me and says, hey, are you too good for six minutes to help your team win? Like You have to make a decision of how you want to do it. Are you ready for that when it comes to you? Or you got to play catch up. And so it was cool to have that, that talk with him, have a plan that was in place so that I can find any type of success that was success for the team, you know? And so that was really cool to be a part of something outside of myself that led to what I've always wanted is to compete for a championship. And that trust in him led to the trust in the organization, led to me being able to feel like I'm going to go out here and impact the game the best way that I can. That's so, so I'm at, so we're here on the eve of they're one game away from the finals. And, and to put this into like some historical context for the audience, not a lot of teams have made finals in three consecutive decades. I believe it's the Lakers, the Celtics and the Spurs are the only teams to do that, to, to kind of put into perspective what this group is doing. Spo, this is the second core that he's done it with in the Riley era. Obviously, the third after Dwayne Shaq, the big three and now the, the Jimmy Bam build, they were left for dead in I mean they have a negative point differential on the year in the regular season they were they're really not a real eight seed they're really a seven seed that lost the playing game to Atlanta in as emphatic a fashion as I could remember I mean a lot of us were watching that game it was the most unrecognizable they had maybe looked all year and they lost to Detroit at home without Kate Cunningham a very shorthanded very young Pistons team so this team had gone through ups and downs and they're at a point where they are thoroughly dominating the number two seed they dominated the number one seed even when Giannis played in fourth quarters Miami absolutely won those games and took those away for Milwaukee it wasn't a lot of people said a Milwaukee collapse but that was that was a Miami Heat win it was Jimmy Butler and Bam's defense and Kyle Lowry making play after damn play in the fourth quarter God, mm-hmm. he must be so annoying to play against but I love him. he's my favorite player Solomon you experience this like you watch this and you say, like, how do you experience this run? Because every day we do a post-game show after a game, and I get mm-hmm. up on camera, and I'm looking at the camera in a day saying, I have no idea how this is happening. They are playing at a level. It's like everybody is playing the best version of themselves every night, and they all summoned it at the same time. And I, mm-hmm. I have no explanation for any of it. Yeah, it's You kind of have to just be ready for the moment. And you know, Miami Heat shape or the Heat culture is going to make sure that you're able to take advantage of that moment. And when you dial in on some of the guys um, that are starving, 
and and hungry. Caleb Martin. You know, you can just see on Twitter some of the backtrack and stuff of he was waived last year, yeah. I believe. And, you know, the hunger of I want to hoop. And being in a position where athletic wing that can defend, hit some spot-up shots, man, you can get a spot over here. And he made, you know, he, he won the, the, the trust of Jimmy. And you have these guys in a position where they maximize the opportunity and their matchups. Um, this is the time where fresh it's, fr- it's almost like fresh legs for those guys because, yeah, you're going one city, you're going here, you're going there. And now you're, you know, you're in the best shape of your lives to play at the moments of when it matters most. It's really cool because Jimmy gets better. He gets better as the year goes on, as the deeper you get to the playoffs. And and you kind of, you have to understand that as a, as a teammate, you know, that Kyle Lowry knows that Kyle Lowry is probably thinking the same thing. Wow. I just want to get in the playoffs. Just let me get in the playoffs and I can be me. And, you know, Bam is becoming this defensive anchor that just, you can keep underrating them. Like just keep them, keep them as far as you want to is underrated and they'll keep, you know, chugging along winning games. And I think Miami is excited, has always been excited about playing in the playoffs because this is when you show heat shape. You don't really show heat shape if you're out of playoffs in April and it's like, no, we're going to show you as far as we can go, as deep as we can go, that we're always going to be in shape or we're going to be ready for the moment. And some of those guys, Max Struess, you know, comfortable, um, Caleb Martin, comfortable, um, you know, as far as their ability to just go out there and trust themselves. It has nothing to do just with the game or one game. Is that they're buying in. They're all playing for one another. It may not be the next. And that's the thing that's cool about them is because they're all okay with one guy going off or two guys going off. Now, if they can all get involved, it just makes them happier. But they know their role. Their first role is to defend at a high level, run the court, and do what Spoon kind of instructs them to do. But, like, I get that, but also, like, Caleb Martin is, like, low-key Paul George right now, which is crazy. <laughs> you, you, like, you feel me? Like, man is – and we know that he has the ability to, like, shoot the ball and attack a closeout. Have you seen the finishes, the Euro step, changing hands, the up and unders? I'm I'm the John Wall meme with Bradley Beal. I ain't never, ever seen you act like this before. Like, <laughs> His efficiency is over 70%. Yeah, over, shooting, yeah I saw that. Ridiculous. He's shooting over 70% from two, and it's just like – I know that some of it's culture, but some of it's like these guys have tapped into something that, Frank, like, I, I, I opportunity, yeah. opportunity. It's it's crazy the same. Talking to like, I was with my trainer. Look, with I was telling, I thought the key to this series was Caleb Hart. I was like, because you know, you you got with Caleb Hart. Okay, of being, you know, his his ability to. Be the difference maker in the sense of like about Bruce Brown and like their ability to be like, okay, it's needed. You know, you can kind of tab Jimmy's going to have a good game. You can kind of tab that maybe yeah, Kyle Lars going to come off the bench and be super effective. Bam's going to have, you know, a great game. But now you get to the point where if these guys are comfortable, they make a world of difference, you know, um, and their ability to, his ability to not have to just rely on the jumper. If he's feeling good from two, the jumper is the icing on the cake. If he, you know, he's like when in transition, he's trying to get to his first ball. It looks like he's trying to get to the rim, oh, yeah. and then he'll settle for a finger roll. He's but the defender knows that. The defender knows I have to make a decision. You know, because he's in heat shape, he can dunk this. Like he can really come down and dunk this. So I need to be smart and wise with this decision because he's attacking the rim at a feeling good, and then he knows too because I'm dunking. 
somebody's going to try to cut me off, bam, I make the one more. You know, now we got this thing moving and he did his job. Um, and that's, that's opportunity. I think there's a lot of guys in the NBA that if given the opportunity, I think they can play high-level basketball. But they're playing it from a team's perspective. And I think we need, I, I think people need to buy into players and not the numbers, not the, you know, the past, not what people didn't accomplish in, in high school or college, because this is where you want to make your name is the NBA. It doesn't matter about what you did prior. It doesn't matter about what accomplishments. It's about just playing the game of basketball and winning games. And people get caught. I mean, I saw something the other day. It was like people are more like, like there's a certain amount of NBA fans that are more intrigued and excited about NBA titles and names and those as opposed to the game itself. Like we should just respect and love the game as it's being played and the players that are playing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, man, I don't feel like a lot of people be loving the game right now, Solomon. They're complaining about Heat Nuggets in the finals. Twitter's complaining about the ratings, that they can't watch the Lakers and the Celtics. <laughs> These people don't love hoops, man. They don't love hoops. They don't want to watch Jimmy. They don't want to watch Jokic. It's uh, it's sad times. That's it. You got Huh? Oh, yeah. I got a question. I don't know how much – you were able to be around um, all the guys in the bubble in terms of like their preparedness behind the scenes. Obviously, there were stories about like Jimmy bouncing his basketballs in his room, just doing as much work as he could to you know just get in shape for before you guys were able to start practicing in some of those open courts at I guess the hotels in Disney. Mm-hmm. So I just take take you back to that time in, in memory. 
of the bubble, kind of like a parallel to like the situation that the Heat are in now, one game away from the finals. Are are there any stories off the court or even on the court that kind of can give a good um, idea in terms of the minds of both Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and they're just will to win because right now or Bam Jimmy Butler's still trying to get the in Bam too as well trying they're trying like for Jimmy like he's spoken a bunch of times like he doesn't really want anything more than like a championship ring at this point in his career like he hasn't won in any level of his career dating back to high school college and now JUCO as well Marquette um and now he's an NBA he basically has said like a million times in his interviews, like that's the one thing he really wants to put on his, in his career. Cause he wants to basically say that he was one of the best players in the NBA and he was able to win a championship ring. Mm-hmm. So like just taking back to their other stories where that kind of like, just that idea of those guys wanting it all more than anything else in the world where that kind of shines through the most. You know, it's the one thing I did. I, the, the, I think one of the, the more like out of body experiences that I have with Miami Heat is that I think once you just get around, you get around Jimmy in a game, you get around him, you know, competitively, uh, you get around Bam. These are guys that make it, and then Spo. It just it, it's it's easy to accept that we can win, you know, and so it doesn't matter what the score is, it doesn't matter what the record is at some point in time, whenever. Um, it doesn't matter. We can. It's a feeling that we can win. Like, come on. Like, we, we got this. And in the bubble, it only, it only, like, multiplied that because we were secluded to this one spot and we're all we're right here. And the way that Miami Heat do things, it's, we're always right here. It doesn't matter if we're in Miami or in this bubble. Now we get a situation where we can maximize all opportunity. The filming is efficient. You know, training is efficient. We can kind of get in here a little bit longer or it's, you know, less travel than we're in town in the body. There's a lot of aspects that came into being capitalized in the bubble. Um, and you see that, you know, when you talk about teams that have been back to the finals, this is a team that is still like, that has been good you know, has matched up really well with some of the best players in the NBA. And so it's not really a story. It's more about the feeling. It's about, you know, being secluded in this in this bubble, but you're doing it with some of the best players in the world, not by name or by work, by actual work. Like when you, you're going to work and you're like, this guy is really good. You see Tyler Hero before, and you're like, this guy can really score the ball. You look at Jimmy, he's like, yo, he's giving everything. He's doing everything, you know, Bam gets hurt, and there's a feeling just like the same feeling Miami fans have is like Bam can defend anybody. So I don't, I, you know, people outside are downplaying this injury, but in, internally we know that he's an anchor on defense. He is a problem. He can switch anybody on the court, and we trust him. I mean, we saw the block on Jason Tatum in the ball, and so it still gave us a feeling that we could win, regardless, even with Bam out, and that's a feeling that. It takes over you. It, it, it allows you to go out there and think outside of yourself because you can win. Um, and that's really cool. I think that just having that feeling of I'm here for something. A lot of people went into the bubble and were there just because they wanted, you know, for other reasons. And I respect every reason that they were there. But Miami Heat, you put that gear on, you know, that's the story. We're here, you know, Spoke looked you in the eyes for the first day and it's like, we're here to win. 
I guess where I'm going with the question mostly is like we saw obviously how Jimmy played in the finals when you guys were basically really injured with both Goron and Bam going out pretty much after game one or during game one. And he basically bulled you guys to two wins. So you, you guys were basically you had it to game six, you know, thinking maybe you guys could push it to a game seven. Um, obviously, you know, didn't happen. But just thinking back to that, like you can imagine that Jimmy has now one win away going back to the finals and he probably wants to get that job job done that he didn't get a chance to with a team that's now healthy going into the finals again. So and especially if they get Tyler back, like they're going to be as healthy as they've been all season. So I, I kind of just want to like imagine like what is Jimmy going through? Do you think he's going through in his head like as he's entering this next hopefully this next series and this next finals? Like, are we gonna see a, a triple double forty point game? Because we haven't seen that since the Buck series. And if some Heat fans have been saying like he's saving it up for the finals. They haven't needed it, Brian. They're Caleb Barnes, Paul George. I know, now. and that's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't even seen him basically go Super Saiyan again since then. Gabe Vince is pulling up from the logo. Like, what? And that's the, and that's and that's the thing. You know, it, it's not about. I think Jimmy's game is built around his passion for the game. It's more of a like, what do you need tonight? Like, what do you need from me? You know, do I need to shoot less because Max is about to get hot or somebody? You know, dunk is hot. If you need to go get twelve rebounds, and I need to get, you know. 17 points, but 12 of them in the fourth do that, you know? And so it's, you know, Jimmy's just a guy that loves the game of basketball, loves competing at a high level. I, you know, you can't kind of rate the way he plays the game. He just, he's a dog competitively. Pure Hooper. And so pure Hooper, that's it. You know, you can put him somewhere, anywhere, and he's, he's going to hoop. And so it's, I, you can't, I think you just got to be ready for, I think the most consistent is the defense. That's where it shines the most. Everything else is kind of like, hey, we're going to figure it out collectively. And it's it's, yeah. it's good because everybody's fired. You don't kind of want – you don't want that to wear on Jimmy. Not saying that he can't do that. And even at this moment, they're thinking about the next game. They're not thinking about the finals. Jimmy's not thinking about the finals. Spoke, you know, I don't even think – I don't even think, think he's even thought about you. it about that but i believe you i 100 percent believe that there has not been a single word mentioned about denver or oh no 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 not at all not at all job's not finished no it's not and that's and that's why i say that that's that's that feeling that that's real it's a willing like yeah so when you when you really feel like you can win it's almost like you're the person in the room and if you're thinking that you're the only one feeling like that you don't want to say oh we got to go to the finals because everybody it's like you didn't expect to be here like, it's almost surprising to you that we're in this position because we go at it day by day. It's like, no, the job is, is not finished. Like, we're not excited. We got to get this win. Anything can happen. Let's go get this W because you don't want to be the first person on the other side of history. So it's a real sense of Spoh's not thinking about it. He don't want to read about it. He want to hear about it. He's thinking about what are they going to do next? What is their counter to what they did? What are the good things about what we got? What are the things that Boston thought they had? He's thinking strictly about them because of the way the NBA Finals is set up is that he believes in his ability to, if that's the case, and it may be the next round, he's prepared to do that because of his habits, thinking about the day ahead. So he's not he's not worried about it. Jimmy's not worried about it. I don't think anybody in that locker room was thinking about that, especially with UD still in New Jersey. They're worried about the next game okay. for sure. A couple things as, as we uh, kind of transition to get out of here. First, I wanted to kind of highlight something you said about Jimmy will do whatever it takes, whatever if they need him to do, whatever role he needs to play. Yesterday, 
Miami did a fantastic job of attacking switches, and, and Jimmy had been very comfortable on Derek White, even dating back to last postseason. That's a, Derek's a great defender, but he's just not big and strong enough for Jimmy. Jimmy, the Boston is sending help from the weak side constantly. That has not been something that they wavered on, and Jimmy is making that pass. They have sometimes have smart kind of splitting the difference between the guy on the wing and, and, the, and the guy at the corner. Now Caleb's the guy on the corner, and he's been fantastic at attacking closeouts. So just credit to Miami for kind of, I mean, last postseason, that was P.J. Tucker in the corner, and P.J. doesn't have the foot speed that Caleb does, and Robert Williams just vacating P.J. Tucker. And P.J. shot well in that series, but it's just, you don't, it was just wasn't enough to kind of contend with the way they were containing roles and stuff. So wanted to kind of highlight that and, and shout out Coach Heat's coaching staff and, and players and kind of transition to our last thing I wanted to get to you uh, before I wanted to ask you a couple of goofy questions. But Tyler Hero, kind of looming, you know, he broke his hand. It's unfortunate that he broke his hand on a hustle play. Man went for a loose ball. That's the kind of shit that, like, you love to see. And I know the Heat are sickos and love that too. And it was just a freak injury where he broke his hand going for a loose ball. Uh, yeah. That was in game one, basically, in the, I think in the second quarter of, of game one of the whole playoffs. Right before halftime. Yeah, like, right before literally halftime. seconds before halftime. And so, you know, Hero, I saw that there's some reporting that he's progressing pretty well, that he got the cast off or, or, or the brace off off his hand uh it's a shooting hand injury not to get ahead of ourselves but in the event that they are able to close this series out and they get to play in the final starting june 1st if if because we don't know if tyler's gonna be ready or not this we're just we're, we're speculating I, we don't we're not doctors we don't know but if if there's an event where tyler's ready by game three or four or something Solomon, how difficult is it to reincorporate a guy like him because he's not just like a of movement shooter three and D guy. He's a pick and roll threat this year. Who was fantastic at initiating offense as a ball handler. Um, a, a not just, not just a shooter, but like I said, a creator, his synergy with Bam and pick and roll was fantastic. Really got to kind of that snake dribble into that little pull up that, that he got so good at one really kind of his floater game, all that stuff. How mm -hmm. difficult is that? Cause like you don't play for like two months and then you get dropped in to the NBA finals at like the highest level of basketball. I don't, I don't even know how you even approach that and how that must feel for like a player. You're a play, you know, you, you're, you're like a couple player. Like how, do, how what's that like reincorporating after missing that much time? I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's based on each player, uh, especially with a guy like Tyler Hero. And, uh, he, yeah, I think if he feels comfortable and, and he believes in his ability and they see that um, and they feel like you know, collectively that he's ready to go, I, I don't see why not. You know? And I think if, if Spo elects to, to play him and they all come and he's available, I'm not going to say play him, but he's yeah. available. I think that, you know, I, they will all have a conversation as to how do we win this game? You know, I'm, it's, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to win the next game. And so, um, I, if he's available, then that means that he's passed the protocol in which they would believe that he's ready to play. And so, it, it, you know, we all everybody thinks it's it's tricky work because of the current success and whatnot. But I believe that Tyler's a, a team player. He's a team first player, and um, I think he'll be just another weapon that can be used however Spo sees fit. And I, and I don't think that would ever be an issue, not with the guys, the young core that you have now is um, – they since well when I was there, and, you know, with Bam being there, with Jimmy being there, it's always been a sense of a sense of a team. It's a team sport, and so uh, 
when Tyler was healthy, he did his role, he did his job. And, you know, now somebody has the ability to play uh, some minutes. And I'm pretty sure he's just excited uh, for them as they would be for him if he was doing the same things in the same role. So I think uh, if he's healthy, and I think the initial reports when he did break it was they had to make it to the NBA Finals. It's crazy how um, a lot of teams were – I mean, a lot of people were laughing at that comment that they said by the NBA Finals. Um, but I think he looks forward to that. I mean, I think he looks forward to trying to be able to go out there and not put themselves in harm's way, but put themselves in the ability to help the team. And I think uh, that would be a huge boost, not just for the team, but uh, for the guys as well. I think yeah. that that would be dope for sure. You know, you, you actually brought something I just remember. Like, he had a pretty interesting quote right after his injury where he was based because he played really well that game one against Milwaukee. I think he was, like, one of the highest plus minuses on the team was shredding their um, that day. And he was like, yeah, he was on, basically on pace for, like, a 30-point game. Um, I just think like he he had basically mentioned how Heat fans, especially the way he had played his last two postseasons, don't really care much about his regular season success as much as they kind of want him to see it do it again in the playoffs. Because basically, since that what game six game was a game four, game five against Boston in the bubble, where he went off in that thirty what thirty eight thirty six point um you know scoring run, like he he basically wants to go out and prove that he can be a playoff postseason 16 game, you know, 16 win player. And I feel like this is going to be the maximum opportunity for him to be able to showcase that on the biggest stage. And I think if he gets the opportunity, I feel like personally, I think they, they should play him because I feel like he will give them something that they haven't needed it yet entering the finals. But I feel like going into that matchup, if they do play the Nuggets or Lakers, he's going to give them, either that one win or that two wins they need in order to win the title. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, with winning in respect to the Celtics and the series currently, um, I think... The Lord prefaces it by saying in the event. In, in, in the, yeah, in, in the, the event. event. God willing. I'm sorry. God willing. It's... You always want to be healthy. I think that's 100% proven for every team is that you always want to be healthy. Um, and I think he has to dis- disassociate himself from fan expectations to team expectations as well is that, you know, the t- team wants you to be successful and we win. And w- if that means that you score 29, you score 18, it doesn't matter. We win games. And, you know, you're seeing that now with, hey, it's a collective unit. You can you can have a – it's okay to not have a, oh, a 35-point game or 28-point game. Um and still have a huge impact. He can make big shots, you know, crunch times, clutch, clutch spots and clutch shots and being able to come off the pick and roll and get Bam. You know, he does a, a good job of getting Bam involved. And so and, and kind of keeping it from uh, personal and keeping it about the team, I think he comes back and he can always have an impact. He's, he can score. He knows the offense, you know, just as much as anybody else and can get hot. And, you know, hopefully he can add something to his game that he sees – from the sideline at this moment and has an appreciation for, okay, I'm learning. Cause that's always, you know, you always want to take it as a, a way to learn it's him being able to sit there kind of slows the game down for him. He sees what works. He sees how, okay, how are they guarding guys out there that would, would be like me. Okay. Now I get a different perspective for the game. And so you always want a guy healthy. You always want to be healthy as a team. And I'd love to see Tyler out there in the big moments. I think he, you know, he wants that. I saw Bam, um, you know, miss out on playing in the finals and he wanted to be out there. You know, he wanted to be healthy. 
And so that's always that tough notion of you want to play, but you also want to be healthy enough to be able to showcase, you know, some type of full extent because you don't want to go out there and put yourself in a position where, you know, you don't meet somebody's expectations. And now it's, you know, are you healthy enough or are you not healthy or, you know, just want to win the game. Win the game. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, I I think the question gets tough, uh, Solomon, because like you know, obviously he started for them for so long, and and because he's a ball handler, and he's you know, I think it complicates because you don't want to. Obviously, they've had a lot of success with a lot of their off ball movement. I mean, they they've been moving relentlessly without the ball, whether it's screening, cutting, hammer screen here. You know, all their little secondary actions. They'll run a pick and roll on one side and they'll run like a, a two man action on, on the on the weak side of the ball and they're moving and they're grooving and they're cutting and then the bench comes in they're and cutting it's... variations to their dribble handoff now of Duncan and Ben that we haven't seen in, in, in a few Oh yeah d- d- Lob Father Duncan? You kidding me? <laughs> pick and roll yeah. handler Duncan Robinson joining Max Struess at pick and roll hand so I hey, guess he's been waiting I'm not gonna like, hey Duncan no, been waiting hey Duncan been waiting to handle the rock a little bit man I, I remember you had that in you yeah he had to show us <laughs> some uh, old highlight I I heard a story that he used to play they used to play like two on two it would be like Duncan and I forgot who else against like James Johnson and I think Bam or something and I was like who the hell Duncan guarding there like what are you doing to my man. But apparently he held up. He held up, you know. And he's yeah, yeah. Duncan holds up, man. He can he can really hoop, and uh, it's really good to just see his work. You know, him just standing in the trenches and just being available. You know, that's another guy that you know we talk about. You know, being ready. You know, we can have off nights. You can shoot certain ways. Yeah, okay. But I'm gonna always be ready. And I'm so, so happy for him, man. He's shooting over fifty percent in fourth quarters in his entire postseason Solomon, career. Do you know that has to has to heat record also for most three pointers made by a Heat player Duncan, yesterday? Duncan has a or, higher or, playoff three point percentage than Ray Allen in a Heat uniform. That's insane. That's insane. You know, Ray and it's, Allen, bro. But you know, what the thing that I love the most is that you can tell that to Duncan, and he'll just like he'll shake his head, and just be like, yeah, whatever, bro, like whatever. Um, but everybody trying to hear all that. Like he really, he's really locked into one, and like he feels um, like my head. I think my head coach in high school used to be like, "You ain't shit." Like tell yourself that sometimes. Like if you ever get too comfortable, just be like, "You ain't shit." And so Duncan kind of carried around that. It doesn't matter if he breaks all the records. He'll always just be like, "It's not enough." Like it's whatever. Like it's not enough. Like I gotta go harder. And you see why, like, I look at him, and that's why I say, like, oh, maybe I'm too happy 
to be in a heat uniform because I'll see Duncan and I'm like, dog, do you know like you're statistically like I'm just, like you're one of the best shooters ever. Like ever. Like if you were to just like people all oh, oh they want to do records at all time makes, I'm like, but when you look when the chips are on the table and we're in the playoffs and people are running, they're running double teams after you. They're blitzing you when you come so up the screen. Dude, he'll and, like but he'll he come off a handoff and they send two every time. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. But you know what? But that's what makes him him. Is that he he'll he'll really believe like and do and be maniacal about his work habits, you know, get there first, shoot. Don't let him play, he'll shoot, you know, go super hard. But it's a, he he believes that every day. He works hard at his craft every day. And it's no, it, you can't sit there and be like, oh, that's, oh, it's just out of nowhere. Like, no, just, if you look at it, it's don't mistake the utility for his ability. Just because he's not utilized as much, he's utilized when he's needed and he's very effective. And I think that's a credit to, uh, to Spo. It's like, yeah, you may not be playing as much as you want or whatever, but when I use you and when it's time that you're shooting, what you said, sixty percent? What is he shooting in the playoffs? Like I, I, uh, I'm not sure what it is this season. I think it's at forty-four percent for the playoffs this this year. But uh, his fourth quarter efficiency is insane. It's over fifty percent. It yeah, it's fifty percent yeah. entering the last game. Obviously, mm-hmm. he went out, he went nuclear again um, last night. So it's over fifty percent at this point. Um, yeah, I'm just it's what's even more insane is like the Heat can rely on him, but then they have guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin. All these guys are shooting way above their regular season stats and Jimmy. Um, it. and Jimmy too. Like, I don't understand that either. How's Jimmy become such a great three point shooter in the playoffs? It's such a troll it, move. It, it, it's a, it's a, bro. It's really the, I think it's the beauty in what you got. It's the things that I wish that I kind of could know about old school players that, you know, that personality, not just, you know, Oh, you don't know him because he didn't want to ring or he wasn't all glorified with all these, all NBAs or no, there's players like Jimmy that just kind of, embody you know what it means to be uh, a, a great basketball player and so he likes that moment he's a guy that really you know i'm stepping up in the moment where i'm not it's, it's not i'm not afraid of i love this like we were we finally get to play for everything you kind of got that feeling from Kawhi. Kawhi like man this regular yeah. season stuff is which only go out there and play 82 and grind it out and get every award. Like, Watching you know, the games are tiring. Doing these post-game shows and pods every day for the last, what, two years, three years that we've been doing daily pods, it's exhausting. So I can only imagine what it is being on the court. So I'm, I can or being one of them. Just being one of them with those guys that are like are fiends for the playoffs. And it's proven. And some guys can be like, oh, I'm saving for the playoffs. But there's guys that are statistically proven that they get better in the playoffs. And so, you know, there's a, is appreciation for them. I, granted, they are giving out awards now for the playoffs, but there is appreciation for when it matters most, you know, you have guys step up and you love that. Because uh, this is what, this is why people are made fans. It's not for the regular season. It's because they want to, you know, now people want to talk mess about their team being the last one or being a champion. And that has you know, validity. So I think that's really when you say Jimmy wants to win this, he's not somebody that just isn't one and somebody's going to be like, oh, that guy's not a winner. He's like, oh, I've done that at a sacrifice to try to get a big one, you know? And so I love watching, I love watching hoops, you know, because everybody is there for a reason. And it's really good to see a guy like Jimmy or any of the guys, you can go down the list. I mean, Cody Zeller, regardless of whatever, like, 
he's there showing up and just going those out. Those minutes are a ride, though, Solomon. They're a ride. Huh? Those, those minutes are a ride. The Zeller minutes, I love Cody. I'm a big Cody guy. But let me tell you, when Cody checks in, I, I, I'm scared for the defense. They go in the zone. I was like, please, Lord, Jimmy at the nail, Bro. make magic happen. Help, help this man. <laughs> he's trying to, he, it's like Cody's trying to, he's trying to fit into the culture. Cody's like, I know I'm like the highest thing here, but how do I get some dog in me? You know, do I have to go out and, but the thing, I feel like if they got in a fight, if something happened, Cody oh, got that you. Really you remember no confrontation? The, that was great. With him and Randall. You know, he got right, and that's it. and that's why you kind of you take that you you take them and you be like, hey man, we give you some of this coaching. Like you gonna have to you gonna have to you know we gonna roll we gonna roll with what you roll with, and you gonna roll with us. You know, so it's gonna be given. You know, if something happens, you gotta be one of the first ones. But it's cool to see guys just kind of go out there and just lay them lay their bodies on the line and just get dirty. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. I really like the I like the. the the roster and the makeup of it. I'm definitely excited for this UD um, experience to continue on, especially with the next game. And, uh, what was the what was the phrase we were using? Which one? If they win, if they um, in in the case that they win, in the case that they win oh, and move the, on to the, the next, in the event, in, in the, the event, event, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Solomon. I know, I know you got to go. Uh, I want to ask you a couple listener questions. You can give quick answers. I just, the people wanted to hear from you. Frankie G in chat, one of our co-hosts, asked, um, uh, Solomon, a lot of talk has been about vets and their value in the locker room all year. Could you talk a little bit on that and what guys like UD and other vets you played with to show you the ropes to stick around? I kind of think that's important, too, because I, I know that you're not as privy to, to the to the, to the to the sewage that he's he Twitter at times, but like people were like mad that UD was taking a roster spot and they're like, this dude is wasting a spot that we could use on a guy who can play like real minutes. And I, I don't think people understand. The, I see you smiling. I don't think people understand mm -hmm. the value and the knowledge that a man like that brings into a locker room. Well, he can play. Yeah, no. He's admitted so many times, man. Any interviews. I watched the game against Orlando. I was there. Oh, he, he plays pickup every, he plays pickup. Every game, well, I want to get how much shit does he yeah. talk? And so, it's um, how much shit does he talk playing pickup? I can't imagine that. <laughs> oh no, no, playing pickup. He he's playing pickup. He's not he's not talking shit playing pickup. You know, I think it's because he really like the OG and we, and we hooping. It's more like if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, you kind of like hey, you know, hey, we we out here playing pickup, but you ain't you know you ain't gonna be doing that in the game. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you so know. Funny, <laughs> I don't want to see you but pull it's up needed. there. But when you, it's funny. I laugh because you said we. You know, it's like, oh, we, we don't need him on the on our team taking up a roster spot. And it, uh, it's a situation. Go to go to the door, or I'll be up there in a second. Sorry, it's a situation where you it's needed. Men are needed. You know, you need a. The league is getting younger, uh, and you're losing examples of how to do things. I think. Uh, the Miami Heat were understandable to that prior to a lot of teams and created something in a system that some teams may try to take advantage of. Uh, and I think that they probably should. Uh, you know, I think I had a talk with the old teammate of mine and he was uh, wondering why Vince Carter was still on, on the roster. He was like, man, it's a young guy out there that, you know, need opportunity, maybe need something. But I'm like, man, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not anybody paying a ticket to, to watch this young guy, you know, show up. They want to see Vince or it's the ability that Vince has. You know, he has some ability to talk to somebody and, and make some movements possibly. I wasn't on the team, 
But with UD and being in there, you know, he is an OG. You know, he 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 showed you I'm doing it. Everybody's doing it. Like we're not nobody gets a, a buddy pass. Nobody like I'm. He's been there for years. He's established. He's a winner. Uh, and granted, not all OGs can be winners. And so I think that his position is one that is, is needed in the NBA uh, at a, at a major level. I don't know if it's creating a new roster role. Um, I don't know what it is. I do like the fact that he's a player and it's not some type of handicap role. Uh, and I feel like, you know, it's going to be missed. It's, it's, it's very appreciated, appreciated as a player that's younger. Uh, I mean, most of his players are going to be younger, but guys need that. You need somebody to kind of show you the ropes. You need somebody. And that's a, that has that player mentality and get in the trenches with you. And that's the difference. We don't, we like that in today's NBA, and I'm not going to blame that for anybody's shortcomings or, or decisions made, but you look at the NBA back in the day in the 90s, or it was, what, like one-third of it was guys over the age of 29 to 30, and today it's just trending down the south. Now, I love the young guys. They're, you know, super talented and explosive. You get the kid coming over from overseas, and you have 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds, you know, the big ticket. We just celebrated the big ticket's birthday, and he came right out of high school, and so there is a balance that I think that there's needed, um, but you know that UD's role is not. I don't think it can be replicated. I don't think you can duplicate that, even if you try, because he's been in the Miami Heat jersey since the beginning of his career. So I think he's one example that um, that will stand the test of time, and I don't think there'll be anybody like him. Thank you for saying you do straight, Solomon. I'm sick and tired yeah. of UD slander out here it's yeah man it's i mean it's that's it, it that's but that's baseline that's kind of like the baseline level of thinking of oh man we're gonna solve it by getting some you know trade him in or giving his roster spot to who if you're not going to give his roster spot to like kevin durant or something like that like you know exactly. i'm confused as to what's about to happen like not um, not i don't want to like obviously like gabe vincent was a 15th man at some point you know what i mean so it's like all those guys have a value but there's a value as well i mean they have 14 other spots you know what i mean it's not like plus the two ways now yeah there's also like you get not two ways three two-way contracts stuff. So in the league has done a good job of kind of allowing you know veterans to stay on the team also have a young guys so solomon i know you got to get out of here you've given us more than enough time i appreciate it from the bottom of my heart you joining us and uh just just shooting the shit man love it gotta ask you on the way out any any anime that you're watching lately i gave you a list Last time you were in the bubble, or any any new shows on the radar? Man, I might have to come back for that one. It's been uh, I've been thirsting over some stuff. I've been uh, what was the last thing that I just read? Uh, I'm reading Blue Lock. Oh, I, love, I like Blue Lock. No, tell yeah. me, how, is Jimmy not Blue Lock right now? Is Jimmy not locked in, bro? Dude, locked in, trying to be the best. Yeah, yeah, getting that dog. Hey, that's and that's the one place I had to ask myself, like, would I go there? Like if it was like some like I'd definitely go here. Like being around, be surrounded by you know the best of the best and coming oh, out on top. Heat culture, like that's heat, bro. It's heat for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna get the best I don't out even of watch anime, but Brian, not, you don't not understand. It's yeah. batshit crazy. They take like all the best soccer players of Japan and they lock them in a compound and they basically make each other like play it's against like each other game. in like these yeah. ridiculous like high stakes matches. And there's mm -hmm. like you know you get cut if you like lose and then like. The bottom one loses and the f top four go up. It's crazy. It's so it's it's ridiculous. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it's yeah. So and then you got the guys with the names, you know, that's like already gifted, and then you have these guys coming out of nowhere that just love that deep love for the game, competitive. And so 
No, I think that's like the last thing in my mind. I've been reading a couple, but I probably have to double back to talking about those. Well, no, we'll do that. I'm I'm so glad Blue Lock. I just started. I haven't read it. I'm I'm gonna pick up the manga, but I I just watched that. Oh yeah, I've been doing. So I'll be thir- I watch the, I watch the anime and be thirsty for the storyline, so I'm gonna read. Chiguri's my guy, dude. I love I love him. Oh, and I love Baru. The king. Yeah, the king. Listen, you, you, you got respect. <laughs> my man. I like his cut. Oh, dude. It's cut. The most anime yeah. cut I've ever seen. All yeah. those dudes have <laughs> wild ass hair. Uh, Solomon, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, I appreciate it infinitely. Thank you. I know the audience in chat has been popping. They love you. They're so happy to just see you around and, and talk heat. Um, you know, you're a lifer, at least around these parts. So thank, thank you so much, man. Man, I appreciate y'all having me. Y'all stay safe. You too, man. Take care. Peace. And that was Solomon Hill. Brian, well, we have a couple seconds. Shout out to Solomon. He had to go. Uh, But I want to talk a little bit about kind of where we are because I I don't think I've been listening. Listen, I listened to Sad Bill Simmons today. I did too. It wasn't as sad as I thought it would be. I know he, he talked about like blowing up the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, I mean, is that really gonna happen? Well, I guess we'll see. Well, the, the, I mean, um, just the idea of like people are eulogizing the teams in the Heat's wake. Yeah, and to me, yeah. I don't. Zach think- Lowe had a whole show of Bobby Marks talking about how he didn't feel entering the series that they needed to get rid of Joe Mazzula, but now it feels like he's a scapegoat. Dog, they have absolutely. I, and I, they just I, gave that guy an extension. I want to listen. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to say I believed in this team the entire year because that's not true. Because when they lost to Dallas in January, they had gotten a win streak oh, going. God, I remember that. They, I remember so that. Miami had had gotten <laughs> kind of healthy. They yeah. won like four games, and they were going into Dallas. It was like Luca was playing really, really well. And it was like, okay, you're on ESPN. It's a Friday game, national TV game against an MVP candidate. The the Mavs are not a juggernaut, but like they're a good team at this point. They're not. They were not the Mavericks that fell apart. They were still in like the fifth, fourth, sixth spot in the West. They yeah, were a I good mean, team. And I said, if Miami's a good team, they go into they go into the American Airlines Arena and they fucking beat Dallas because that's what good teams do. Good teams. Yep. Go into that building against that kind of competition and on a national TV game, and you show people we are fucking back, right? And they didn't. They, they lost. Got blown out. They got blown out. Luca was dancing all. What Jimmy's doing to the Celtics? That's what Luca was doing. Luca's jiggly ass was running up and down the court, and they could not stop that guy, and they got absolutely crushed. And I, in that moment, I was like, this is over. And I go, I don't, that was my breaking point for the team. And of course, they lost to Detroit at home without Cade Cunningham. They had countless losses to Orlando and Charlotte and all these like ankh teams. The Charlotte ones for me. That was it for me, the Charlotte ones. At home, you know, on the road, they were like bad at times. They were like, they, they just would constantly be like, what the fuck? Are you trying to be serious? They wanted to get out of the play-in. They could yeah. not catch Brooklyn. They had a must. They had a game at home against the Nets in which they were up double digits at halftime. To, to yep. Basically, if they win that game, very likely they secure a the sixth six spot and they get out of the plan. They could not win that game. And to go from those instances where we have just, I dejected from them. I'm like, 
they're gonna and, and at that point you're just like can we get a boston two seven matchup where like maybe you push them a little bit to six games and you feel good about yourself going into the offseason and find out what you have in gabe vincent and max and make a decision then they lose yeah. the atlanta game and then they lose the atlanta yep. they lose the atlanta game and atlanta kind of realized everybody's worst fear they're too small Look at look at that. They got crushed on the boards. He had no answer to this pick and roll. They could not score a fucking lick against a bad defense. I mean, they they didn't even I mean, they just could not score even with Trey Young as a big target out there, Brian. They play Chicago, who's not that good, and they barely make it out alive where Max Cruz has to go bananas. And Jimmy has to go bananas in the fourth quarter. And I remember at the end of that game, at the Chicago game. Alf is really happy because he's like, oh, that was a fun game. And I'm like, how can I be happy about beating the fucking nine seed? How? Explain to me how am I supposed to feel good that they needed that at home against the nine seed? And to go from all that to absolutely dominating Milwaukee, to absolutely dominating New York. That was never a series. I don't care what any Knicks fan wants to say. They were never down that series. That was never a series. Miami did not lose a single home game, and they almost stole one in your building without Jimmy Butler. That series was not fucking close. And to be up 3-0 against Boston, to run them out of your fucking gym and their gym twice is absolutely fucking mind-bending. That they are all doing this. That they are all the best versions of themselves. That they, Brian, Jimmy and Bam is, never could have a good game together. And now everybody's having good games together. <laughs> I was going to say, like, they're having these great historic comebacks on top of all of this. But, like, they're they're having wins now where everybody's contributing. It's not just Jimmy Butler going haywire in the first round. No, we're getting games where Bam's going off now. We're getting games where Gabe Vincent's going off now. We're getting games where Kayla Martin's going off. We had a fucking Kyle Lowry game not too long ago. And, like, everybody is basically coming through. Not too long ago. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And we're having basically so many different guys step up in different moments. And to me, that separates this team from the team that made it one game away from the East Conference for, from the finals last season because it really didn't feel like that during that series that series basically was hey jimmy go off for 40 50 points almost and win us this game he did it about twice in that series um and then bam won you that third game um i think that was the game that jimmy was also out at in boston and then they they're basically one shot away this this series the way it's playing out where was this team last year i know they they were were hurt, hurt but like all the guys on his team were not shooting the way they were because shooting. Max now. was hurt. Kyle was hurt. PJ, you know, Caleb was was also kind of remember. That's the other thing we haven't talked about. Caleb last year, after Didn't the Achilles, he, he barely was, played. He was not dunking. He was not doing any of what he's doing right now. Yeah, he is yeah, healthy. He is springy. He is athletic again. He is a different guy, and it's just man. I, I t- well, to me, the only way I can kind of come up with an explanation. Obviously, like Miami's all about the culture. Solomon Hill was talking about, they they prepare for these moments and they play the guys when they feel like they need them on the court. And when given the opportunity, they show up most of the time. And I think the way I kind of feel like 
is they're playing the teams that they feel like, A, they have a personal vendetta against because they have some sort of history against them. What did they knock them out in the playoffs? Um, just just rivalries established over decades, especially with Pat Riley leaving you know New York to come to Miami. And then now we're, we're seeing basically Miami, as Jimmy Butler had mentioned in his press conference almost a year to this date, where he said, we're going to have a chance to come back and we're going to basically get back to the same exact moment. Play, I didn't even say they were going to play Boston, but he kind of felt like he mentioned we're going to play Boston again in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then we're going to take it and win it and, and advance basically where he should have last season. And honestly, cannot imagine Heat fans feeling like they're this close away from going back to the championship Almost winning a title because we, I mean, we're going to see who this matchup is. Hopefully, maybe later today, depending on the on the outcome. But like, it's it's hard to believe that this Heat team has flipped a switch just like that, and they're they're all doing it at performing at some of their best levels that they perform in years. I'm not even saying just this season. Like over the last three four seasons in this Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo build, Bam's playing at a performance he hasn't really played. I feel like in the playoffs since the bubble. Jimmy obviously is playing at a level he played at last season, but then even in some games he's playing above that. And now we're about to take this same uh, supporting cast. They're shooting the lights out to the finals, hopefully. And and like personally, I feel like Miami can't be stopped. I think again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves to talk about a Denver series, but I'm hyped. <laughs> they are that presents very unique issues for them that I'm sure that if we have the opportunity. You'll get into it. And I wanna I wanna say a couple things before we get out of here. They have not won the series yet. No. They haven't. And and the idea that they shows have that they, they will. And I know that what we saw looked like a Celtic team that quit. Um, I expect them to come out and to play as well. I, I expect a much better performance out of Boston tomorrow. Uh, they I need don't. to yeah, you don't, but I do. I think that those guys are professionals and for as little they'll, as they've they'll shown have us. maybe a good first quarter. Listen, I don't think my, if the Miami, way if Miami right now, has Miami, a bad shooting game and Miami's not gonna give Boston kind of hangs around, you never know what could happen. So the job is not finished. And 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 as Solomon said, and and as you know, we always quote the Kobe Bryant thing: "Job is not finished." I saw Chef Trilly had had a really good tweet about this. Uh, he goes, "I don't see any Heat players celebrating last night. Uh, they haven't won the series yet." You know, and I agree because yeah. listen. If there's a situation where a team can come back, and I don't think Boston's going to come back. I'm not saying that they are. I think it's really unlikely. If there ever was going to be a situation, it's one like this, where if you, you get one on the road and then you get a home game and then you can win two in a row and all of a sudden you just have to win one more game on the road to force game seven at home. And I know that's a lot of ifs, but I'm just saying it's a very unlikely, it's a stretch, but... You, know, you sound like a Knicks fan. No, I'm not, I'm just saying that the job's not. <laughs> I'm not a Knicks fan because I'm not I'm begging Adam Silver to fucking. Nah, that's games. what they were saying the and last series. Saying, that hey, we win this game, we we take it back to Miami, we win Game Six, we take it back to exactly. MSG. But that, like, but, that's but not happening. You know the difference between the Knicks and the Celtics? Are? The Celtics have a lot of talent. The Knicks don't. The Knicks had half a star. Get out of here. Miami has the three best players in the series. So, Caleb Warren's that good. So. Just kind of saying that, but that this run is special that we should enjoy. Uh, sorry, there wasn't a lot of X's and O's talk. I don't know how much X's and O's talk you want. I mean, they Miami just. Oh, for the last game, man. They what? What did, what did they do differently that they haven't already shown you in this playoffs? So Boston, Boston was sending some help off of 
they were just sending a lot more help off Jimmy isolations or off of switches with Derek White. And I thought Miami did a really good job with their cutters kind of dealing with that because, like, they would just do that thing where they crowd. They do the weak side. They do the empty corner pick and roll on yeah. the strong side. And then on the weak side, they just kind of have everyone hang out. And I thought they were – and Lowe talked about it too, but, you know, Boston was kind of, you know, ready for that as they kind of had an adjustment and Miami kind of adjusted by having kind of Bam cut baseline a couple times yep. or Caleb cut baseline or – you know, kind of having well, one they, of those guys yeah, set a dunker screen. Spot. Yeah. yeah. Well, Duncan, that would happen a lot. It'd be like Duncan and Max or, or Duncan and, and whoever and Gabe. And one of those guys sets a screen where the other one kind of curls up. So like they were zoning up that side, sending help. But then, you know, kind of when you have that, that motion, Miami was ready for that. Uh, I, I thought the heat did a much better job in this game than the other games of getting Derek white isolated to kind of force Boston into those situations and Absolutely. Jimmy didn't need to score on those situations. I thought also on those Tatum Rob pick and rolls, they sent the help at the nail very early to kind of contain that role. And Boston, what they've done is they made Gabe Vincent the low man on these actions. So they kind of, and that's one of the kind of bad things about not being able to play Kyle Lowry more. He did not have a, he did not have a great game yesterday. And obviously he had the poor game before that. Uh, he had a note. He had a, he had a Kyle Lowry game yesterday in which he wasn't really scoring or shooting well, but he did a lot of other things. But, you know, Gabe had it going. You play Gabe a lot. Gabe's not the same kind of helper that Kyle is. So Boston in game th two, you know, because Kyle wasn't playing well, they kind of were able to get away with making Gabe the low man because then he rotates and that's not like so good. And yeah. obviously Miami the high pick and roll was, was beating Miami for, for some stretches in that game too. So the Miami sent help at the nail early, right? Uh, uh, and they pin and, and Miami was they really good. The They're playing the zone too. A yeah. lot of top side threes, which Boston does not hit and Miami's super daring them to shoot. And I think a lot of times when like you're not shooting well, that shit kind of avalanches. So credit to Miami for that. And yeah, so they had a couple things that I thought were interesting, but in reality, like I think Spo very consistently all playoffs has been ready for every adjustment everyone has made. Um, he's and, and to Solomon Hill's point, like he basically mentioned how Spo is basically prepared for like five or six different scenarios, and he has those adjustments ready to go on hand. Yeah, he's a sicko. So, he's a <laughs> so yeah, man, a little bit of a long show today, but we had Solomon and I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, I wanted to, to, to spout my own nonsense. We'll see you tomorrow for pregame and in hangover time. Hopefully a closeout game on our 10-year anniversary, so we'll see what we have planned for that. And hopefully we're celebrating uh, the heat sweeping the Boston Celtics and we can uh, we can talk shit and, and then we get into previewing uh, a Heat Finals as uh, I believe Denver's up right now. On the Lakers, uh, I've been watching the Panthers game. They are twenty to fifteen. Uh, Lakers are up five, so Lakers showing a little bit of fight. Uh, so we'll see how that ends, and uh, we'll come to you live tomorrow at eight p.m. for pregame. And actually, we might come a little earlier. We might have a little surprise for pregame tomorrow. So stay for tuned ten for that Right here on Twitch.tv/slash Miami Heat Beat. If you are a pod listener, make sure to watch live tomorrow. It's going to be super super fun. Check out our YouTube page, all that good stuff. Thanks to Solomon Hill and all of you guys that have supported us for the last 10 years. We love you and see you tomorrow.